Good evening and welcome, 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 welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones and I want to welcome you this evening where Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know about you, but I already started. I'm already excited. I'm already ready to go and I'm fired up, ready to be picked up if necessary because I realized one thing. If there's one thing that I need above all things, I need the word of God to be able to be successful in this life. Did you hear me? In order for you to be successful in this life, if there's one thing I found out in order for you to be successful and to live the kind of life, the God kind of life, the life that Jesus came and paid a price and laid his life down on the cross for you and for me and picked it back up, ascended up to the right hand of the father so that we may not just have life, but that we might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Say that with me. Having life in abundance to the full until it overflows. What kind of life is that? That's the God kind of life. That's the life that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden all way back then before sin ever entered into the world. That's the kind of life where he, they had authority over their situation and circumstances. They had control and power over their situation and circumstances. They had authority and power over the earth and they had authority and power over any situation and circumstance that they would come up against. They had all those things and they lost it in an instant, but God is so faithful. He'll never leave you like that. He'll never just leave you just hanging out there all on your own. He says, you know what? I'm Satan, you thought you got one over on them? He says, but I got something that's even better than that. He says, this is what's going to happen. He says, that same woman that you tripped up way back in the Garden of Eden, I'm going to use a woman who's going to bring forth the perfect gift that I'm going to offer unto man. And when I offer this gift unto man and they receive it, they will get back everything you thought you stole. In fact, he says this, he says, he told the, the adversary, he says, you will bruise his heel, talking about how he would bruise Jesus' body. But he says, but he, talking about Jesus, is going to crush your Head. In other words, he's going to crush all the little bit of authority that you believe that you stole from Adam. I'm going to restore it back to them. And I'm going to do it in a way that you would have never thought I would be able to do it. He says, the same way you did it, you caused a man to fall. I'm going to provide another man who's going to live on earth and he's going to operate on earth as a man anointed by God with the Holy Ghost and power. And that man, talking about the man, Jesus is going to walk through the earth and he's going to go through every temptation and he's going to go through different situations and circumstances, but he's only going to preach one message. And that one message is repent, change your mind, change your thinking, change your actions. Why? Because the kingdom of God, our God's governing system, is at hand. And what he's going to do, he's going to restore back health, and he's going to restore back prosperity, and he's going to restore back peace, and he's going to break off the shackles and the chains that the adversary has placed on man all these years. And he's going to do it, but he's going to demonstrate it first by living the life for 33 years and then he's going to lay down his life to make which is going to be the price which is going to cost to pay for the sins past present and future and he says and then i'm going to pick that life back up i'm going to take my blood jesus is he says i'm going to lay it on the mercy seat 
of God. So every time God sees those who accept him, he will see them through the blood of Jesus. He will see you washed clean. He will see you pure. He will see you in right standing with him. That's what God did to the adversary. The adversary still think he got you trapped today. He says, man, I got you, partner. You in my, you in my club right now. You you in my group right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you doing all that whoremonging right now. Okay, bet. Man, that's the way you're supposed to live. You doing all that drinking. You doing all that smoking. You doing all that lying. You doing all that cheating. You don't backslid. You don't bend the boys 12 times. You don't have 22 different girlfriends. You don't have five different husbands. You don't, you don't stole. You don't did all these things. There's no way that God will want you but let me put you up on something God sent Jesus to die just for you that's what I said I, in fact I didn't say it God said it he says he says this in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 he says God demonstrated his love towards us in that before while we were yet sinners, while we were still out there acting a fool, thinking we was cool, doing everything we thought we was big and bad enough to do, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for you and for me. We wasn't even looking for God, and God still sent Jesus to die for you and me. Well, you and I wasn't even born yet. We wasn't even in the world. Your mom and daddy wasn't even a twinkle in their mom and daddy's eye. In fact, you, you weren't even in the earth yet. And God still still sent Jesus for you. He sent him for me. He, he see, see, Jesus is the gift to the whole world, even though the whole world will never receive that gift. Let me say that to you again. Jesus is the gift that God gave to the whole world, all mankind. It didn't matter what side of the track you rose up on. It didn't matter whether you had two parents, if you had one parent. It didn't matter if you was adopted. It didn't matter how you got into the earth. God sent Jesus to die for the whole world. It's a free gift. But even though it's a free gift offered, to the whole world, there will be many, many people who won't receive that gift. Why? Because they believe the lie. It's my way right away. It's my way. It's like Burger King. I get it my way right away. You know, it's like Sprite. You know, obey your thirst. In fact, they even talk about baby. She she thirsty. She thirsty. No, 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 no. No, what she's really doing, she's hungering and she's thirsting, but she's trying to fill it with a man and he's trying to fill it with a woman and they're trying to fill it with drugs and alcohol. But in reality, what they're really looking for is that gift. Because see, that's the only gift that can satisfy your spirit, soul and body to the point that it's so good it'll make it where you never want anything else other than that you see you have never experienced a high like the high when you know that you are in right standing with god and the high that you don't have to look over your shoulders to the left and to the right and you you don't have to lie and you don't have to cheat and you don't have to steal and still be able to live a successful life that's what God did when he gave Jesus, offered Jesus to you and to me. Are you interested? Do you want to know more?
Do you want to find out what's it really all about? I mean, what's this all about? What's this Jesus stuff all about? What's this Bible stuff all about? What's this grace stuff all about? What's this faith stuff all about? If that's you, man, stay close, cause guess what? We gonna jump right in, in the name of Jesus. All right, okay, my name is, welcome to a night depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I wanna thank you for joining us this evening. Man, we're gonna make this declaration in accordance to Isaiah 61 and one, and then we gonna jump right in with both feet. Say, I'm gonna say this right now, since the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because it's the Lord who has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to set uh, open the prisoners that are bound, and to s proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them the morning sign, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, for morning, the government of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he, talking about the Father, may be glorified. And they, who the spirit of the Lord is upon, shall build up the old waste. And they, who are filled with the spirit of the Lord, shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall Repair the way, Sissy, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words with man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. You're welcome in this place. Move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person. Touch each and every household and everyone who will listen to this by way of podcast, who will hear it, watch it by way of YouTube or Facebook or on Twitter or any platform, who will hear your voice. Let them hear your voice and follow after you. But the voice of the stranger from this day forward, they will not follow. We speak healing and deliverance over you now in the name of Jesus and today you will receive a fresh touch of the Lord thy God. May he be glorified, honored, and praised in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now repeat, you can repeat this prayer, this um, declaration after me. Say it out of your mouth. Say it real big, real bold, like you, like you own it. Say, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me the bible is the truth it reveals what i should think it tells me how i should believe and it tells me how i should live the word of god is the most important thing in life say that with me the word of god is the most important thing in life. Why is it the most important thing in life? Because the word of God is the principal thing. It's the most important thing. It's the it's the thing that, that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the word of God is healing. In the word of God is life. In the word of God is deliverance. In the word of God is, is wisdom, knowledge, understanding, redemption, sanctification, and wholeness. All those things are already baked in to the word of God. Now, 
Man, last week we was talking about the point of decision. And we was talking about how that 2022 is a year of correction, of direction, of protection, and perfection. Say that. It's 2022 is a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. Where? In spirit, in soul, and in body in your finances, in churches, and in governments. This is the year of the Lord's favor and blessing. For, for who? All those who will make a decision to do it God's way. It's available to who? All those who will make a decision to do it God's way. Now, I'm going to share this with you. You know, because so many people say you talk about correction. What is correction? Correction is to make right. Simply means that in this year, God is going to make things right. And he's going to bring things back to the standard of the truth. Did you hear that? God in his correction is going to, he's going to make things right that have been wrong for so many years. He's going to bring, he's going to bring things back into a standard or it's going to be a year of justice. He's going to make things right for all those who've ex experienced wrong. And in doing, uh, giving correction, he's also, the correction brings about a change in direction. Now, you, you and I know that word change means you're quitting one thing and you're putting on something else. That word direction means it will aim you at a certain point. What's that point? The standard of truth, the standard of what is right according to God's word is going to point you towards is literally pointing you towards something. It's not you just, you know, just living off, you know, you know, whatever happens is, it's not, it is what it is. No, God says, I have a standard of the way that I want, I have designed things to work in the earth and in your life on for it to be on earth, just like it is in heaven. And he says, and for those who will receive my correction, his correction, according to his word and the and when you receive that correction from that correction, you will get direction, direction, what that will point you and bring you back to a standard of truth, according to that, which is right. We found out last week that, Hey, you know, when God corrects, God doesn't put chaos on you. God doesn't put poverty on you. God doesn't cause your spouse to leave. God doesn't tell the dog to bite you. God doesn't tell your boss to fire you. How does God correct or how does God make things right? And how does God bring things back to a standard of truth? He does it this way. He says, in accordance to second Timothy chapter three, verse 15 and 16, it says this in the amplified, it says every scripture is God breathed given by inspiration and is profitable for instruction for reproof and conviction of sin, not condemnation of sin, but conviction of sin. What's conviction mean? Conviction means I'm just going to show you there's a different way. I'm going to show you through my word there's a different way. He says, and what else does the scriptures do? The scripture brings about correction of error 
and discipline in obedience. So what does it do? It when you read, see, the Bible is the only book you can read that as you're reading it, it's also able to read you like a mirror. When you get in front of a mirror, you look in that mirror and you see yourself in the mirror and you see your reflection. And from that reflection, you see either things are right or things that are out of place. You see whether you got some, some toothpaste on your mouth or you got something in your teeth or you got, you know, a little, they call them eye boogers in your ear. I mean, in your eyes, whatever, they, or if you had hair, you know, like me, if you had hair and it's out of place, you can look in that mirror and that mirror will get, will answer back to you what's really going on. Not what you think is going on, but what's really going on. And that's the same thing that happens in the word of God. When you begin to read God's word, that word begins to read you. See, see if you make it so super smooth, you make it so spooky, then you know, the whole, you know, no, 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 no. The word in you has more power than the word just being in that book. That book in and of itself produces, brings about results when you get the words that is in that book on the inside of you. Because guess what? It's like this. If I get, if I take an envelope and stick it on the inside of my Bible, whatever happens to that Bible is going to happen to that envelope. Whatever that, that Bible goes through, guess what? It's the same thing that envelope is going to go through. But guess what happens here? When you get the word of God on the inside of you, that word begins to change you. That word begins to modify you. That word begins to help you begin to see things much differently than you saw it before. Why? Because when you get the word on the inside of you, what also comes on the inside of you is the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He leads you. He guides you. He directs you. He teaches you. He he brings back to your remembrance things that Christ has said at you. And he shows you those things which are to come. So wherever you go, he goes with you. Whatever you see, he sees. Whatever you hear, he hears. And, and, and before you get ready to say something, he's always there to do what? To lead you, to guide you, to teach you, to prompt you, to show you the way that you should go. Now. If God, if this is the year of correction, if this is the year, which it is, if it's the year of direction, if it's a, a year of protection and perfection, and he's going to do it in your spirit and your soul and in your body, where does it all begin? I mean, who was this? Who is he writing this to? Now, remember, he gave Jesus as a gift to the entire world, even though the whole world would not receive him. But for those who he made, who made a decision to see, receive Jesus as Lord, that word Lord is kurios, which means in the Greek, it means supreme authority, means he is the head. When you say Jesus, you are Lord. What you're saying is Jesus, you are the one supreme in authority. You have the final say. See, if you only look, if you look at this from a, re, a religious standpoint, you'd be like, you know, I ain't nobody going to be telling me what to do. I, I'm going to do my own thing. No, 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 no. Let's lay all that down. Put the rocks down. Because, see, the Bible is really a constitution or an agreement or, or a letter that God has written to those who are citizens in his 
kingdom. See, when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus did not come to establish a religion. Jesus actually came to restore the kingdom of God, our God's governing system, back into the earth to meet the needs of mankind apart from this world's systems. See, God, the kingdom of God is a system, God's way of doing things to regulate and, con and to control and to provide and to get and to give you authority and power so that you can subdue or have have control over your own situation and circumstances by using the word of God. But the only way you can do that is you have to first, we talked about this a few weeks ago, you have to first be born again. Born, what does he mean, born again? Coming out of your mama again? Absolutely not. Yuck. What is that? What is it talking about being born again? Being born again means being born from above. Means that your spirit man is born anew, born in the fresh, which means that God, I'm going to make the exchange with you. See, I, when I was born, I was born into sin and I lived a sinful life. But when I heard about what Jesus did for me on the cross and I believed it and made a decision, you know what? I receive him as the head of my life. I'm going to make this great exchange with him. I'm going to give him my old and he's going to give me his new. I'm going to give him my, my sinful ways and he's going to give me righteousness, a right standing with him. And I'm going to give him my old mind and he's going to give me the mind of Christ as I begin to study and as I begin to study his word. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, study to show myself approved and hunger and thirst after his word. Guess what? It's going to cause me to do what? It's going to cause me to no longer be conformed or fashioned after, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm not going to no longer be fashioned after this world's way of doing things, this world's systems and, and the way it operates. But I'm going to be transformed or changed or converted how through the renewing of my entire mind not part of my mind but the entire renewing of my mind according to the word of god so that when i renew my mind to change it to the way that god's word says i'm supposed to operate then i can prove for myself what is god's good acceptable and perfect will of god is it god's desire for you to be sick nope how do you know that? Because Isaiah 55, uh, 53 and 5 says that by Jesus stripes, we were healed. You know, is it God's desire that you to be poor and lack? Nope. Why? Because it says in accordance to uh, Psalms 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It, it also says in Matthew 6, 33, that my God supplies all my need according to his. No, I'm sorry. According to Philippians 4.19, that my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But it says, but when I seek first the kingdom of God, according to Matthew chapter 6.33, then all these other things will be added unto me. Now, even if God's will is for me to be healed, for me to have all my needs met with an abundance beside, is for me to have successful marriages, a successful marriage to have a prosperous family all these things why haven't i seen all these things in my life well that's an easy one because we have because too many people have made a decision not to do it god's way whether consciously or subconsciously see this is the thing if you don't change the way you think and begin to 
reprogram your mind according to the way of God's way of doing things, even though you are saved, even though you are on your way to heaven and oh so glad about it, you will still make decisions and respond the same way according to the world's way of doing things. Why? Because for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 50 years, however long, how old you are, you have been programmed to respond that way. What? How am I getting programmed? Because it's a repetition. What you do every day, every day, every day. Everything is a system. How you get dressed in the morning is a system. How you shower, what you wash first, what you wash last is all also a system. How you drive to work is a system. How you cook your meal is a system. How you do your banking and, and pay your bills is all a part of a system. So if you don't renew your mind, if you don't get in God's word to find out how God said to do it according to the kingdom of God, you will continue to operate the same way you did before. Why am I telling you that today? Because he, he put something on my heart. I want to share this with you because there's so much confusion going on, even in the body of Christ, about grace, about faith, about love, about the Holy Spirit, about the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you a secret? All those things, grace, faith, love, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the word of God, the anointing, all those things are a part of one system. You want to know what that system is? The kingdom of God. So, so to tell people all you need is grace, but you don't need faith is, is error. Or to say all you need is faith and you don't need grace. Uh, you're in error. If you say I need grace and love, but I don't need faith or I need faith and love and, and, and not the anointing, you can't, you can't separate things and expect it to work the way that God intended. It's kind of like I have a, I have a hand, I have a thumb, I have fingers, I have my pointer finger, I have that middle finger, I have this, that, and my pinky and all that. If I take my thumb away, it changes how the rest of my hand function. Or if I have my thumb and I don't have my pinky, it changes how the rest of my hand operates. Or if I have my pinky, my thumb, but I don't have my middle finger, it affects how the rest of the hand operates. And it's the same thing when you're talking about the things of God. You can't take away grace and, and replace it with faith. Or you can't take away love and, and replace it with the anointing because Check this out. Grace makes, faith takes, but love is the fuel that fuels your faith to, that drives you to the to obtain the things of grace. You can't have one and not the other. So if somebody only teaches on grace, but they don't teach about faith, they're out of balance. If they talk about faith all the time, but they don't talk about love, they are out of balance. And you can't have faith without the word and you can't have the word unless somebody's teaching you the word and none of that matters if you don't believe what the blood of jesus did for you on the cross see what i'm saying it's insane to think you can do have one without the other what's that called insane what's the definition of insanity doing the exact same thing expect something different to happen and you got the faith teachers and 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 grace teach going at each other i'll be laughing at all of them like man that's like saying that's like being in the marine corps being in the marine corps and telling the cook man i don't need you or telling the guy who i was a tank driver 
and as a tank driver you can you can only see what's in front of you and and to your per peripheral you can't see what's on the sides of you you can't see what's on behind you can i tell you a secret if you're in the driver's seat you know what you can't do you can't fire the main gun too why because there's another person in the tank that hit that's his responsibility to fire the tank so it doesn't matter how well you can drive if that gunner doesn't know how to does not how to is not there to rotate that tear around and pull that trigger when he's getting coordinates from who the tank commander who's giving him the coordinates and telling him put this amount of uh, elevation on it this amount of degrees put this amount of lead on it. okay now pull it fire and telling him when to fire it doesn't matter what the the tank gunner the gunner has no doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing and it doesn't matter how well the train driver can drive he cannot do it all on his own and can i tell you another thing even if you have a gunner even if you have the tank commander even if you have a driver but you're in combat and you don't have the loader to load all that ammunition into the main gun tour it's, you're not gonna last very long that's the same thing and talk about i don't need grace but i need faith i don't need i have love and i have the word so i don't need all that other stuff it, it all works together so let me share with you what god shared with me he said this in matthew chapter 7 in fact it was the first message i ever ministered when i when i stepped into ministry years ago it says this matthew chapter 7 verse 21 and it shook me and just listen it says and i'm reading out of amplified it says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven he says but he what do you say everybody who said says lord lord or calls you lord they won't enter into the kingdom of heaven what he says but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven he says not everybody who's caught saying lord lord is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father so you might have somebody who says man i prayed that prayer but man i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna keep living my life any old kind of way i want to i'm gonna keep doing my thing see saying the prayer is one thing saying it is one thing meaning it is something altogether different when you talk about being born again that means your spirit man has been your has been regenerated or made new see you can you could just be praying to prayer to get somebody off your back you could be saying the prayer because you you know you ever heard of jailhouse conversions where they scared men they praying to god and lord if you just get me out this last time you i promise you i won't get here anymore lord i just i received are you you know people who will be on drugs somebody who is on drugs or on alcohol who is addict they will say anything to anyone to get what they want man i'm a you know what brother i really do need to go back to church i know i need to go oh you know what after you give me that 50 dollars mm, i'm you know what brother i'm gonna be at your church on sunday and if you give it to them guess what's gonna happen you're not gonna see them on sunday because they will say whatever they will pray whatever because their end goal is not to get what you're offering, but to get what they want so they can go get what they believe they need. So he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father, which is in heaven. Now, let's put this in proper context. Jesus is saying this. He, this, is called, this is part of the, the Sermon on the Mount. So you have to go all the way back to Matthew chapter 5 and start there with the Beatitudes and read 
all the way down because what he's doing is he's putting things, he's bringing correction to the to teachings and instructions that the religious leaders have been giving the, the Jews. Because just this this message is to the Jews, and he's telling them, he's like, you know, he's like, uh, you believe that that this, but I'm telling you that this is like we say, you know, thou you say uh, it is written, thou shalt not uh, murder. He says, but Jesus says, but it, according to the kingdom, if you have hate in your heart towards your brother, you've already committed murder. What? So what is he doing? He's bringing things back into alignment. So he's telling the people, hey, just because you call me Lord, Lord, or just because you say I'm the head does not really mean you have made me the head. He goes on to say this. He says, he says, for many will say to me on that day. He says, Lord, Lord, curious, curious, a supreme in authority. Have we not prophesied in your name and, and, and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? He, they said, look at all this stuff we have done in your name. He says, and then I will say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly. Why, why did he say they was acting wickedly? Disregarding my commands. What was the commands? If you got to go back up and he's talking about doing things according to the kingdom of God, where you begin to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only, you know, because see, this is the thing. He says to be a doer of the word of God, not a hearer only. It goes back when we're talking about grace. Truth about grace. He says, I'm calling you to be doers of my word and not hearers only. How do you know? Because remember, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what are you supposed, What are you doing? You, are, you have made a decision to become a disciple. What's a disciple? A disciple is a student, one who is submitted to the teachings and instructions of the of the supreme and authority jesus himself and what are you doing you're saying whatever the word of god says according to the kingdom of god that's what i'm going to submit or i'm going to get under the mission of that word and i'm going to begin to do it what is our assignment our assignment is we are making we are making disciples what is a disciple a student we are going forth and we're we're, we're proclaiming what it is that jesus did on the cross and we're proclaiming to people that guess what jesus gave you a, a power oh has give has gave his life and he preached the word of the kingdom of god to give you authority over your situations and circumstances to give you power over sickness and disease to to make you the head over over poverty and over lack so poverty and lack is not a part of your house and 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 and, and even though your mama was poor your grandmother was poor and your sister's on welfare and you, and your your cousin is on food stamps. he says that doesn't have to be your testimony if you hook up with the kingdom of god i'm going to show you how to walk in authority in every area of your life the authority that jesus gave you he says but in order for you to learn how to do that you have to make a decision to become a student see when i preached that message years ago my first my first message i ever preached from the pulpit I had this open vision and this open vision. I was in my kitchen. I was praying about the service. I didn't know all the stuff that I know now, but 
I, I was praying and as I was praying, I it was like I, I ascended up. I could ascend, I was ascending up and you had heaven on one side, you had hell on the other side. Now, I grew up in church. I, I, I went to church every time the doors were open. In fact, I said my parents gave me a drug problem because they drugged me to every church service that was available and then some. But I was, I was there and I seen heaven. I seen hell. I went to church. I'd already prayed the prayer before. I believed that what I did when I was 13 still had me covered before I made that decision to get saved for real, for real. And so I'm like, okay, bet. I turn and I'm going towards heaven and I'm walking and I can see the gates. And just as I get ready to extend my hand towards the gate, a hook gets around my body and drags me to hell. I went to church, but I never became a part of the church, meaning I said the prayer. I went through the motions. I showed up on Sundays when I wasn't sleepy and when I wasn't playing football because I played football from across the street from the church that my father was an associate pastor at every Sunday morning, went to tournaments and everything. And there was a time I had walked away from church because, you know, I was taught all those hypocrites. But guess what? I had as many, if not more, hypocrites on the job where I, where I worked at because they thought it was okay to live your life YOLO, you only live once, live it your way right away, and not understanding that I had been bought with the price. When Jesus paid the price for my sins, he purchased me back and purchased you back for, from death, hell, and the grave. He purchased, he took back everything that the adversary had tried to place on you, and he says, all you have to do is receive this free gift. So I was, I was, and I'm in this dream, and when he pulls me back, I get further and further and further away from the gates of heaven. And this is what he says. He says, so many people are riding a church pew to hell. They go to the church, but they've never come to church. He says, they know of me but they don't know me. And he says, and the reason why they don't know me is because they haven't spent any time with me. They don't pray unless they're in trouble. They don't They don't come to church unless it's the, I, we call them the CMEs. What's the CMEs? They show up on Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. He says, that's the only time that I see them. When they're in trouble, that's when I hear from them. But any other time, they do their own thing. And yet they have been deceived because so many people said, man, Grace is already made it available for you. Can you could you can, under grace you can still live the life you want to live. That's not true. Grace is God's empowerment for you to overcome sin, but it's also His empowerment that helps you to live the life that you would not ordinarily be able to live in your own ability. But you need to believe and have faith, which means persuasion and and moral conviction that what that word says about grace is true.
So are you a true disciple? I mean, many people say I'm a disciple, but are you a true disciple? What's a true disciple? John chapter 8 maps it out. Remember, I told you this is the only book that you can read that will flip around and read you. It says this in John chapter 8, verse 30 says, And as he said these things, Jesus, he says, many believed in him. So the first qualification to be a disciple is you have to believe in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. They trusted him, they relied on him, and they adhered to him. So Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him. See, remember John chapter 3, 16 says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What kind of life? The God kind of life. This is what Jesus said to those who believed in him. These, this is the definition of a true disciple. If you abide in my word, what does abide mean? Hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance to them. It's not just enough for you to pray. Now, are you trying to earn your salvation? No. Grace through faith has already made it available to you. But when you are truly a true disciple, when you have truly made a decision that you're going to live your life for the one who gave his life for you, when you made a true decision that Jesus is your head, not your, not your side, not your, not your, 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 your woman call from prison, not, your, not your, you know, in case of emergency, pull this alarm switch. No, 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 no. When you've made a decision that he's truly the head of your life and that you are truly a disciple, he says, this is what you would do. He says, if you abide in my word, if you hold fast to, uh, to my teachings and live in accordance to them. He says, you are truly my disciple. He says, ain't no question about it. He says, when you make a decision to, to hear my word, receive my word, believe my word, speak my word, act like my word is true, live it in your everyday life. He says, then you are my disciple. He said, man, you trying to judge me? I don't have to judge you. I'm not judging you. I'm not even in a position to judge. Why? Because this, this is what it really comes down to. If you are truly born again, something, you're, you're brand new. Something has changed in your spirit. And you're, and what's going to happen is you're, you're like that newborn babe. Now you're hungering for that milk. You're thirsting for that milk of the word of God. You're, you need it because you know, hey, in accordance to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, I need to desire the sincere milk of the word that I can grow and be nurtured and become mature in the things of God. He says, and when you continue it's continue in my word, when you abide in my word, when you have fast to my teachings, and live in accordance to them. He says, then are you truly my disciple? And he says, and then you will know the truth. Now, what was correction supposed to do? Correction was to make things right and to what? To bring things back to a standard of truth. And what does that truth do? That truth sets or makes you free. When you become a true disciple, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will abide in his word. You are here to his teachings and apply it to your everyday life. And the more you do, you will know the truth. And that truth will make 
you free. What is God's will? When it talks about you did not do the will of the Father, you did not keep the will of the Father, what did you not do? You did not make do what Matthew chapter 6 verse number 9 talking about it. He says, when Jesus says, pray in this manner, our Father which art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your governing system to meet the design to meet the needs of mankind apart from this world system. Come, your will, your perfect intent, your original intent be done. Father, you, that your culture, your lifestyle, and your nature be in earth just like it is in heaven. That your will, your original intent for the world to operate just like the heaven, just like heaven on earth, heaven on earth you don't have to wait people religion tells you about going to heaven heaven talks about having the kingdom of god come down into earth god's governing system how do you know that it's all about whether you're whether you're keeping or adhering to his commands that's what he's talking about when he's talking about you did not do the will of the father who was in heaven how do you know? Well, if you go back over to Matthew chapter 7, we're going to pick it up at verse 24. It says this, because this, this is when you're reading it in the proper context. It says this. He says, so everyone, he's qualifying for those who, who have said, Lord, Lord, who shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, this is the qualifier. He says, so everyone who hears Though these words of mine, he's talking about the teachings that he had been already teaching from Matthew chapter five, all the way to Matthew chapter seven. He says, they hear it, these words of mine, and they do what? And they act upon them. Sound familiar? That's the same thing he said in John chapter eight. He says, and acts upon them, obeying them will be a sensible, prudent, and practical wise man. Now, I'm going to talk to you about this. He's going to give us this visual description of what it looks like in the natural. He, this is talking about how two people have built a house. He said the first one, he says, this person the, who's a wise and practical man, he built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon that house. Yet it did not fall why did that house did not fall that house did not fall because it had been founded on the word or founded on the rock what is the person who was who was founded on the rock those who heard the word jesus teaching and they applied them uh, acted upon them they obeyed them in their everyday life see storms come to everybody but just because storms come does not mean it has to take your house, that word house is talking about can be your body, could be about your life, can be about your house, can be about your job, anything, whatever it is, area you're not obeying the word of God in. Then there was a second guy. He says, the second guy is this. He says, this one, he is everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. Is it talking about earning salvation? No, because grace through faith made salvation available to you. He says, and the rain fail he says this guy he he does not do the will 
And he says, this is what, what happened. He says, he will be like a stupid, a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. One built his house on the rock. The other one built his house on the sand. And the one who built his house on the sand, when the rain, when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. How many people can say same situation, same circumstances, different results. The one who did the word, his house stood. The one who didn't do the word, what happened? It says, and when those things, when his house fell, it fell and great and complete was the fall of it. It didn't just fall a little bit. It totally fell into, and it just obliterated his whole house. Why? It was it God's desire for his life to be like that? Absolutely not. Was it God's desire for his house to fail? Absolutely not. Was it God's desire for him to be in poverty and lack and not enough and operating in sickness and disease? Not at all. Was it God's desire for him not to operate on earth just like it is in heaven? Not at all. Who made the decision? The person who made who chose not to keep the 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 teachings and instructions or submit themselves to the instructions from the head as a disciple or student and follow after what it is he's supposed to what Jesus had told him to do according when it came to the word in their everyday life God will not force you and he's telling people, he's like, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to think that just because you had grace and, and, and you said a prayer, but you have not again to change because it, it's, it's not about works. It's about obedience. I love God loves me. And because I know he loves me, I'm going to keep his word. I'm going to apply his word to my life because Jesus was the one who came and gave me this life, a life in abundance to the full until it overflows. But I have to make a decision whether or not I'm going to do my part. What's my part? As a disciple, as a citizen of the kingdom, I'm supposed to submit myself to the teachings and instructions of God's word. When? In my everyday life. That's not just for you. That's for me. And my, you want, you're a pastor. You're supposed to. It don't matter. I'm a, I'm a citizen of the kingdom first. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. A pastor is uh, apostle is what I've been called to do, but I'm a I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I'm a child of God first. I'm a student of His Word first, and I don't want you to be deceived thinking you can just say a prayer and that's it. That's the beginning point. That's the launch pad. But guess what? That's not the end of it. Like when I was in the Marine Corps, we swore in, but even after we swore in, guess what happened? We still had to go to boot camp. We still had to show up every day and do what it is that we were instructed to do. We still had to be prepared if war broke out, and it did, to be willing to lay our life down against any uh, terrorism, foreign or domestic. We st it wasn't enough just to swear in. You still had to show up. For the training, you still had to apply it to your everyday life. And years later, after even being out of the military, they would tell you, we can't tell you was out because those things that was embedded in you are still ingrained in you. And that's the same way the word of God is supposed to be in your life. You want to make a decision today? You want to receive that correction today? 
You want to make that adjustment today to get things right. You want to make things right today. You want, and God is pointing you in a, in a direction towards a standard of truth. And he says, and I'm, I, I'm, I've sent him. He sent me here today to share this with you so you can get off the wrong path and get on the right path. Even if you've been in the body of Christ 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years and you've been in error, man, today is your day of new beginnings. I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved means healed, delivered, protected, made whole. He says, he says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, right standing, and with the mouth confession or acknowledgement is made unto salvation, healing, deliverance, protection, and wholeness. I'll give you an opportunity to do that so you can make that correction right now and be pointed in the standard of truth. Say this with me. Say it out of your mouth and mean it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I turn from my sins right now and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you into right position, welcome you back into right relationship. So what do you do now? Man, now you got to get in a, word, a good word-based church to teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and also about the kingdom of God and the love of God. We believe Ignite Depot is the right church for you. If you're in the Ottawa area, Greeley area, man, we love to have you join us every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Um, and, man, we'll teach you line upon line, precept upon precept, and teach you not only what it says, but how do you apply it to your everyday life. Now, if you're not able to come on Saturday, but you, you're able to come, go back and watch it on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, just look it up. Ignite Depot Center, Ignite Depot Center, Ignite Depot Live, and man, you'll be able to catch it. But if you're in your car and you want to, and you would want to listen to this again, or share it with a friend, man, check on the podcast. The podcast right now is called Ignite to Life. That's Ignite the Number Two Life Podcast, and you'll be able to catch this message and all the other messages that we preached up until this time. Man, on behalf of Pastor Juin and myself and the entire Ignite Nation, I want to thank you for joining us this evening. And remember this, this is the year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. It is God's desire for you to have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.